No other book has so profoundly impacted so many lives as the Bible. Welcome to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. They say what goes around comes around. The Bible says we reap what we sow. Today we'll see how Jacob, the deceiver, was himself deceived. We hope you'll join us as Pastor Daryl continues in Genesis on Simply the Bible. God was working out a master plan in Jacob's life. While on a 500-mile journey from Beersheba to Haran, the Lord revealed himself to Jacob and made marvelous promises to be with him, keep him, and bring him back to the land of his inheritance. Little did Jacob know at the time that he would be in Haran for 20 years. We pick it up in Genesis chapter 29. So Jacob went on his journey and came to the land of the people of the east. And he looked and saw a well in the field, and behold, there were three flocks of sheep lying by it. For out of that well they watered the flocks. A large stone was on the well's mouth. Now all the flocks would be gathered there, and they would roll the stone from the well's mouth, water the sheep, and put the stone back in its place on the well's mouth. A well with flocks of sheep would have been a familiar sight to Jacob, so he approached the shepherds who were gathered there. Now, this was not your typical dip-your-bucket-in-the-water kind of well. It was probably a natural spring reservoir with a large stone at its mouth that was rolled back to let the water flow out for the sheep. Verse 4, And Jacob said to them, My brethren, where are you from? And they said, We are from Haran. And then he said to them, Do you know Laban the son of Nahor? They said, We know him. So he said to them, Is he well? And they said, He's well. And look, his daughter Rachel is coming with his sheep. No doubt Jacob had heard this story from his mother Rebekah, how one day she had gone to the well in Haran where she met Abraham's servant for the first time. It was at the well that she watered the camels, fulfilling the servant's prayer, and later became Isaac's wife. Jacob had now come to Haran to escape from Esau, but also to find a wife. Now his cousin was approaching the well, and who knew what could become of this? Verse 7. Then he said, Look, it is still high day. It is not the time for the cattle to be gathered together. Water the sheep and go and feed them. But they said, We cannot until all the flocks are gathered together, and they have rolled the stone from the well's mouth. Then we will water the sheep. Jacob knew all about flocks and herds. This was not the time for the livestock to be gathered together. It wasn't until evening that the cows come home, as they say. Jacob, the newcomer, didn't have any reservations about telling them what to do. Was he trying to get some alone time with his cousin? But the shepherd boys responded that they couldn't water the flocks until everyone had arrived. Either this was their tradition or else the stone was too heavy for them to roll back themselves. Verse 9. Now while he was still speaking with them, Rachel came with her father's sheep, for she was a shepherdess. And it came to pass when Jacob saw Rachel, the daughter of Laban, his mother's brother, and the sheep of Laban, his mother's brother, that Jacob went near and rolled the stone from the well's mouth and watered the flock of Laban, his mother's brother. Then Jacob kissed Rachel 
and lifted up his voice and wept. And Jacob told Rachel that he was her father's relative and that he was Rebekah's son. So she ran and told her father. When Jacob saw Rachel, who was beautiful of form and appearance, he went to the mouth of the well and in one he-man act moved the stone. It's amazing what you can do when you have the right incentive. Just then, Rachel arrived with her father Laban's sheep, and he watered his uncle's flock. Jacob then kissed Rachel and lifted up his voice and wept. The kiss was a common greeting in that culture, but unusual for a man to give to a woman, especially one that he had just met. Jacob, overcome with emotion at finding his family, greeted his cousin for the first time, cried out and wept. Then he told her that, He was her Aunt Rebecca's son. All of this must have been very surprising to Rachel, who then ran home to tell her father Laban. Verse 13. Then it came to pass, when Laban heard the report about Jacob, his sister's son, that he ran to meet him and embraced him and kissed him and brought him to his house. So he told Laban all these things. And Laban said to him, Surely you are my bone and my flesh. And he stayed with him for a month. It was a joyful family reunion. No doubt Jacob, not one to be shy, sought to make a good impression and began helping with the chores, all the while with an eye on Rachel. Little did Jacob know that in meeting Laban, he had met his match. Verse 15, Then Laban said to Jacob, Because you are my relative, should you therefore serve me for nothing? Tell me, what should your wages be? Now Laban had two daughters. The name of the elder was Leah, and the name of the younger was Rachel. Leah's eyes were delicate, but Rachel was beautiful of form and appearance, and Jacob loved Rachel. So he said, I will serve you seven years for Rachel, your younger daughter. And Laban said, It is better that I give her to you than that I should give her to another man. Stay with me. So Jacob served seven years for Rachel, And they seemed only a few days to him because of the love he had for her. Now Laban was a shrewd businessman. It was the custom in those days for the man to offer a dowry to the father of the girl that he wanted to marry. This was really alimony in advance because the father would invest the money in the event that the man divorced his daughter. Then the father would have the means of supporting her. Laban could see that Jacob had eyes for Rachel, and she probably had eyes for Jacob. So Laban told Jacob to name his wages, knowing that a man in love will give the world to obtain the girl of his dreams. Now Leah was the eldest of Laban's two daughters and tender-eyed, literally. But Rachel was beautiful in form and appearance. We're not quite sure what tender-eyed means. Some think it means that her eyes were blue, unlike the strong brown eyes that were common for them. Others think that it meant her eyes had no fire, sparkle, or glow, which was highly prized in that culture. My hunch is that Leah was a nice girl, but Rachel was a knockout. Jacob offered to work seven years for Rachel, which certainly was a generous amount because the going rate for a dowry was three or four years of labor. Laban quickly agreed to the terms. 
Then we come to that phrase that every woman loves to hear. Jacob served seven years for Rachel, and they seemed only a few days to him because of the love he had for her. While certainly being romantic, it also illustrates the giving nature of love. When you really love someone, then the natural response is that you freely give to him or her. When I knew that I loved Cindy and I wanted to marry her, Nobody had to put a gun to my head to get me to spend money on the engagement ring. I gladly spent several months' salary on my wife's ring. Of course, I was old-fashioned, so I wanted to pick it out myself and surprise her. But love delights in giving. Now, what also strikes me about Jacob's love for Rachel is that even though he waited seven years, it seemed like just a few days. Jacob had a great self-sacrificing love for Rachel, a love that God would honor by giving him the desire of his heart. But Jacob would have to wait for it. And we are a society that doesn't like to wait for anything. We have frozen dinners, microwave ovens, internet movies, easy credit, Here is Jacob waiting seven years, working hard so that he can have Rachel as his wife, but it only seemed to him like a few days. So what are you waiting for? A job? A spouse? The salvation of a loved one? Your debts to get paid off? Are you willing to trust the Lord and obey him until he brings it about in his time and in his way? You can kick and scream, And get upset, you can try to shortcut God's plan and come up with your own, or you can commit your way to the Lord and serve Him faithfully, and the time will go by much more quickly. Verse 21, Then Jacob said to Laban, Give me my wife, for my days are fulfilled that I may go into her. And Laban gathered together all the men of the place and made a feast. Now it came to pass in the evening that he took Leah, his daughter, and brought her to Jacob, and he went in to her. And Laban gave his maid Zilpah to his daughter Leah as a maid. So it came to pass in the morning that, behold, it was Leah. When the seven years were completed, Jacob naturally wanted to marry Rachel, so he spoke to Laban about it. And Laban made the arrangements for the wedding feast, which was attended by both families, usually, and the community. The first day's festivities usually ended with the groom wrapping his cloak around the bride and taking her to his tent, where the marriage was consummated. Following that, the feast continued for six more days. But on this wedding night, Laban did the trickiest thing that a father of the bride could ever do, the switcheroo. We don't know at what point Laban made the switch. Perhaps Leah was veiled and the lights were low, or maybe Jacob had too much wedding wine. But whatever the case, imagine how Laban's daughters must have felt. Poor Rachel was somehow removed or kept quiet while she knew her own sister was being given to her husband without him even knowing it. Poor Leah gave herself to a man who thought she was someone else. What kind of a father would do that to his daughters? Then Jacob woke up the next morning only to find he wasn't married to the girl of his dreams, but to her older, tender-eyed sister. Yet as underhanded as this deed was, we cannot help but see divine retribution at work. Had not Jacob deceived his own father into thinking he was Esau in order to get the blessing? 
Had he not cheated his own brother out of the blessing? Was he not now reaping what he had sown? And he said to Laban, What is this you have done to me? Was it not for Rachel that I served you? Why then have you deceived me? And Laban said, It must not be done so in our country to give the younger before the firstborn. Fulfill her week, and we will give you this one also for the service which you will serve with me still another seven years. Then Jacob did so and fulfilled her week. So he gave him his daughter Rachel as wife also, and Laban gave his maid Bilhah to his daughter Rachel as a maid. Then Jacob also went in to Rachel, and he also loved Rachel more than Leah. And he served with Laban still another seven years. Now the week that Laban wanted Jacob to fulfill was the bridal week. After seven days, Laban gave Jacob Rachel, but it cost him another seven years of labor. The good news was that God was working out his plans in Jacob's life. True, Jacob was now enrolled in the school of Laban and would continue there for another 13 years. But God would use all these things to transform Jacob, the heel catcher, into Israel, the one governed by God. Maybe you are suffering in some way the consequences of your own actions. God won't abandon you, but he will use these lessons in your life to make you the person he has created you to be. He will conform you to the image of Christ. And when he is finished, you too will be governed by God. You've been listening to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. They meet every Sunday morning at 1030 at Pepper Ridge Elementary School in Boise. If you'd like to listen to any of Pastor Daryl's teachings or to find out more about the church, go by their website. It's at calvarytv.org. That's calvarytv.org. We'd love to hear from you. Through the devices of his uncle Laban, Jacob found himself in the awkward position of being married to sister wives. Tomorrow we'll see what drama this created. We hope you'll join us as we continue in Genesis, right here on Simply the Bible.